The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. We were talking uh, with one of our listeners on the phone about the LRT construction and one of the bridges that had to be uh, destroyed and then rebuilt. And a number of you uh, saying that uh, it was uh, covered by insurance. It's not in the critical path of the construction and it shouldn't change the outcome in terms of when... Uh, the LRT can open. So we'll confirm all of that next week when we have the councillor in studio. And now's a good time to promote that again. Uh, John Zadick was in Ward 3 Councillor a few weeks back. We kept him for over an hour, the first guest we've ever done that with, because so many of you had questions. So I suspect that will be the case again next week. And I believe it's Wednesday. I, again, don't have a producer to tell me just at the moment that I'm not near my schedule. But I think it's Wednesday of next week. But I'll let you know throughout the course of the afternoon when we're going to do that, because so many of you were engaged in that conversation last time. No reason to believe you won't be again. Right now, as I told you off the top of the show, uh, Dave Campbell, Eskimos Color Analyst, joins me on the phone from Commonwealth, I would assume. Dave? No, not quite yet. I'm still at home getting ready for the game. I'll, I'll be leaving in about a, a couple of hours. For the I, I guess that makes sense. The game doesn't yeah. start until what? Eight? Seven? Eight. 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 Eight o'clock on a Thursday night, so it's going to be uh, it's going to be a long haul tonight. That's for sure. I, you know, I don't know. Uh, there's so many stories associated with this game. You could pick any one of them and run with them. If you looked at just uh, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, of course, uh, Zach Caleros back in the lineup would be one. Deron uh, Carter moved from the defense, which nobody understood why Chris Jones had put him there in the first place. Back to being a receiver, or maybe Jerome Messam. Missing. Which which do you think is the most important of those three? Well, uh, probably that. Uh, probably it's Deron Carter going back to uh, to offense from uh, from being a defensive back. And I agree with you. It was a yeah. You know, it's it was kind of a puzzling thing. It was kind of a neat story last year when you saw Deron Carter on defense, and of course he had the uh, pick six against Bolivar Mitchell in a game <laughs> yeah. against the uh, the San Peters in Calgary in October, and that was all fun and games. But then. You know the uh, the Riders had a early season injury to Nick Marshall, who's their starting short side corner. He'll be back tonight. So, and, and in the meantime, Carter was was taking over that spot uh, in the secondary for the Riders, and made you kind of wonder after a while, considering all their struggles on offense, how do, do the Riders not have another American defensive back that could play that corner spot? <laughs> exactly. They have to use their best receiver <laughs> yeah. in, in, in a corner position, and, and really, there's a lot of questions that if uh, Deron Carter's that good of a DB, we know he's athletic, we know he's quick, but as far as the uh, the technique required to play corner in the CFL, eh, it's a little it's a little suspect. So I think that's important for Zach Caleros or Brandon Bridge, and of course, it'll be Caleros to start with tonight. Uh, I think that's important for for the Riders to get their most important weapon in their receiving core back where he belongs, and that is on offense. Although, interestingly, when somebody returns from injury, usually, uh, so you got Zach Laris coming back a little early, by the way, right? And and yeah, yeah, and but then you've got Carter going back to a position he was accustomed to playing, but probably not one he's been practicing for a while. There, there's nothing to say that this, the, you know, the moons are going to align perfectly for these two tonight. No, it, absolutely, especially when Zach Caleros has only played what about uh, you know, five quarters in a bit since uh, going out uh, with a concussion in the second game of the season. Uh, so there's also, you know, the the chemistry, the timing, mm-hmm. um, the understanding of how the quarterback throws the football, of of how the receiver. You know, runs a particular route or runs any route and wins his, uh, you know, the, they call it splits and 
you know, when he when he breaks at a certain uh, point and when you can throw the ball up and make sure that he, he knows uh, where he should be when it's time to catch the football. So there's there's a lot to uh, there, there, there's a lot of chemistry that has to be worked on, and it doesn't happen overnight between a quarterback and a receiver. And uh, Zach Caleros and, and Deron Carter don't really have that right now. Carter probably has more, well, definitely would have more uh, chemistry with Brandon Bridge, who's going to be the backup tonight. So, yeah, I think there's there's some concern that, you know, like Zach Caleros not coming in is, is not going to be, I think, an instant magic wand fix for the Riders' offense. I think it does give them a bit of confidence because he is, you know, a veteran and he's had a lot of success in this league. But, you know, this is also a guy who didn't win a football game for 10-11 starts dating back to his days with the Hamilton Tiger Cats. So we're not really sure what kind of quarterback Zach Caleros is. Is, is he that... 2015 MOP candidate quarterback that, you know, before the Eskimos knocked him out for the season uh, in a game in Hamilton in September, or is he the guy that we're seeing now who's coming back from his second concussion of his career um, that we know of, and and is he the same sort of confident guy with that swagger, that confidence that he once had? So uh, that's going to be very interesting to see uh, see how he reacts to that uh, you know, in this scenario tonight, and you know, kind of being, uh, you know, he's not the savior for the Riders, but definitely there's a lot of expectations that he was going to write the ship uh, offensively for Saskatchewan, and we're, it's taken a long time for Rider fans to see if this is going to really work out. Yeah, it's funny too, but just to throw some shade, as I like to do at the uh, Rough Riders, I thought uh, on that pick six you're talking about with Carter in Cal or against Calgary. Yeah, I thought he was out of position. <laughs> Literally, yeah. I didn't think it was a brilliant move. I thought he was out of position. Yeah, well, I mean, he's a guy that just wants to make a play, right? And there's there's one criticism that, you know, people who, who know the game and watch the game like yourself, um, you know, he looks in the backfield all the time when he's in that corner position yep. and playing in the secondary because he wants to make the play. He wants to prove that, you know, he's a sure tackler and that he's able to recognize, uh, you know, run run situations and recognize when you know what receivers are doing and, uh, you know, what have offenses done to him. They've isolated him one-on-one to the short side of the field because that's where he plays. That's where he lines up. Yep. And they play man coverage and the you know they put you know some pretty fast receivers on him and he runs by Deron Carter, right? Yep. So we haven't really seen Deron Carter play defensive back, right? No one's really tested him as far as, uh, you know, can he actually cover? Can he cover every single route on the field that's thrown to a receiver? And tonight, maybe we'll see it, but, you know, we know that he's lining up on offense to begin with, and we'll see what happens. You know, and despite having said all of that, uh, the two teams have very similar records. The Eskimos 4-2, and two, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders 3-3. Three and three. They could actually tie for second uh, with a win tonight. The Rough Riders could. Um, but if you were to point your finger at the Eskimos and say, where have they stumbled since this season began, would it be uh, the penalties? Oh, absolutely. It's uh, It's absurd how high it is right now. I mean... 191 yards of, of penalties last week, in penalties last week against the Montreal Alouettes. But what was even more appalling is they had about two-thirds of that in one half of football in, in the first half. Yeah, didn't so, they put more yards on the, on the statistics than the Alouettes did? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was close. I, I think, think the Alouettes ended up getting more yards, thank goodness. Uh, <laughs> that would have been very embarrassing. Yeah, no, uh, at least the refs can't march it into the end zone, right? But it still is an embarrassing <laughs> statistic. Well, I think is. it was by the first half I looked at it and went, that's very close. 
But, you know, it, 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 I think it's the number one problem right now with this team. You can say slow starts, but actually the slow starts and, and, and the first quarter scoring, um, it's more of a league-wide problem than an Eskimo problem. They're actually middle of the pack as far as how many points they've scored in the first quarter. Um, they really come alive in the second quarter. But I think more, the more uh, or, or, or the more pressing issue is the penalties. I mean, mm-hmm. they are it's ridiculous. They're um, eighth or ninth in the league as far as U.S. penalties taken. Um, it's it's just not good right now. And and I think that's the one area that and we've said it for the last couple of years or so with this football team because they always seem to come out of the gate a little slow in the discipline area and then. When the Eskimos get to the second half of the season, that's when they start cleaning up a little bit more. So I don't know why they're you know slow starters out of the gate when it comes to discipline. But you know, so one thing that you, you worry about a little bit because they have done some good things, especially on offense. They've done some good things on defense, although they're not as flashy on defense. But they've been pretty effective in the last four games for the most part. But the penalties are the biggest problem. And you go back to the game against the Argos on July seventh in Toronto. You know, they lose 20-17. to 17. They could have won that game going away. They could have been up by 10 points at the half, except they're, you know, they're down by five. Even though they had the time of possession, the first downs, the yardage in their favor, they just didn't score enough points. And a big reason why is because they were so undisciplined and took just bad penalties at wrong time. Well, and that's just it, Dave. Like, I wanted to ask you about that specifically, yeah. because when you look at what the penalties, the number of yards and penalties, that's one thing, and it's atrocious. But then when you break it down by the type of penalty, or you're watching the game and watching these penalties, and, you know, the one that comes to mind, everybody's going to get an offside here or there or a procedure if you're on no offense. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen, right? But on defense, when you get a number of offsides, it goes back to very basic and rudimentary football that you don't listen to the count, you watch the football. Right. You know, and if you're a defensive lineman, you can see the football. So until it moves, you don't move. Yeah. And, and you I, can I you can see teams playing with the Eskimos that way. They're staggering the cadence, the count, to try and yeah. draw them offside because they know they're undisciplined. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 it's it's that's the big problem. That's what Mike Riley talked about last week on our post game show is you're going to get holding penalties. You're going to get the odd pass interference call or legal contacts. And um, you're going to get those football-type penalties. And I think the Eskimos probably are taking a little bit too many of those as well, especially along the offensive line. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of penalties on the offensive line. But when you talk about offsides and procedures and, and, and those those little penalties, you know, they're only five yards. But, man, the Eskimos take a lot of them, and they add up after a while. And, uh, you know, when you look at that defensive line, uh, there's a lot – of youth on that line now with uh, the departures of so many veterans uh, in the offseason. You know, you got Lamondo Sewell as the, one of the lone holdovers as far as the, a guy that has been playing uh, in the CFL for a number of years. But they're, they're a pretty young group. You know, they don't have a lot of experience. Uh, Alex Bazzi would be next. And then you got Kwaku Boateng, um, who's having a phenomenal season so far um, after a slow start. But you're right. I mean, it's, I think it's just more of a, I mean, this is a D line that's been talked about for a while as, as being one of the best in the league and it's been revamped and they're not as experienced and I don't think they're as, as beefy of a line. They're definitely quicker but you know when when you don't have a lot of beef you know you got to cheat a little bit right? Yeah. You got to try and time your get off as well as you can but it's you it's it's a, it's a simple formula and you said it. Watch the ball. The yeah. heck with the count. The ball is, is your world and if the ball is snapped then you go but you can't time up the cadence because if you're not sure of the cadence, 
you're you're really going to put yourself in, in a risky scenario. So follow the ball. So. Yeah, and you know when you talk about procedure on the offensive side of the ball, yeah, it's only five yards, but it could negate a twenty or twenty-five yard play, right? So yeah, absolutely. And you know, and it drove me nuts a couple of weeks ago uh, when the Eskimos hosted the uh, uh, hosted the Argos. Um, you know. They took two procedure calls on one drive, and I'm going, how the heck do you do that at home? On the road gun, have <laughs> yeah. more understanding because the noise and, yeah. and and it's difficult when you got to go to a silent count uh, for the for the offensive lineman. they got to communicate differently. But when you're at home, you, you should know the count. You should hardly ever get a procedure call, and there was two on one drive, so that, yeah. that drove me nuts. And you and every other Eskimo fan. Uh, Dave, it's a special night tonight down at uh, Commonwealth. Of course, it's Pure Later Tackle Hunger Night. Uh, so that uh, they're asking fans to bring uh, a donation for yep. the food bank or cash or um, food item. Yeah, non-perishable food item. Yep. Okay, and typically this is a really big uh, attended uh, game. At the best of times, anytime Saskatchewan's in town, Edmonton tends to set records for how much food they collect, so we're hoping yep. to do it again tonight. Yeah, and uh, the crowd count. I mean, Morley Scott uh, tweeted this about an hour or so ago that uh, the uh, attendance so far is over thirty-four thousand. So there's a good chance that we're uh, we're pretty much going to see the uh, the largest crowd of the season in the Canadian Football League. Uh, hopefully, that number can stretch over thirty-five and you get to thirty-six thousand. I know there's a threat of rain, and uh, there's a good chance it is going to rain before the game, and, and hopefully, it clears up after. And, of course, you know, the thunderstorm risk is always there at this time of the year. But, or this season, uh, yeah. it follows the Eskimos around. But uh, Yeah, yeah, it's still not over that game in Winnipeg. <laughs> yeah, I know, that was quite that was something. <laughs> I think you accumulated four and a half weeks in vacation as a result of that one broadcast. Oh, that's good. Well, I can't wait to take it. <laughs> uh, uh, Dave, i got to take a break here. Um, I'll, I'll tell the folks uh, the other things that are going on. Of course, the 50-50 draw and uh, the opportunity to win an autographed J.C. Sherritt jersey. Uh, thanks for your time. I uh, hope uh, the broadcast, I'm sure it will go great tonight, and uh, go Eskimos. I always look forward to a game against the Riders, especially at home. So, uh, Andrew, thanks for your time, man. Always great to chat with you. You bet you, Dave. Always a great conversation with uh, Dave Campbell or Morley Scott. I said I'd mention to you the other reasons you might want to go to the game tonight. It's going to be a good one. Of course, it always is when the Rough Riders are in town. Um, but uh, it is Pure Later Tackle Hunger Night. If you make a donation, uh, you can get yourself a picture with the Grey Cup, which, of course, will be coming to Edmonton this year regardless, as we are the hosts of the Grey Cup. Uh, you can also uh, be entered, or you will be entered, to win an autographed J.C. Sherritt jersey, which I would, by the way, love to have. And if that wasn't enough reason, a more selfish one would be the 50-50. will start at $71,000 tonight because it was unclaimed uh, at the last home game. So you can imagine that that will probably get up around the 200,000 mark by the time we're done. Uh, we're going to take a break for news in just a moment, but before we do, uh, Brad and I talked about this Grand Prairie Hospital project. I know you've been hearing about it in the news, that they're way behind schedule and over budget. And I remember during that conversation, and Brad spent a lot of time in Grand Prairie, and he was telling us all how desperately needed this hospital is. So I can see, of course, why it's getting so much attention. But now the uh, construction company has a kind of shot back. On Monday, the uh, province issued a notice of default blaming uh, Graham Construction, the Calgary-based contractor, for delays and cost overruns. And uh, they have now released a statement saying that the uh, notice... Uh, 
alleging default is unfortunately rife with errors and misstatements. They've said that there's no legal obligation for them to answer it, but to protect their reputation, they would like to answer it, and they have. They say um, since late 2016, uh, their company has repeatedly advised the government the $510 million budget was insufficient for the evolving design. Uh, estimating the cost had ballooned to $583 million. Uh, they went on to say in less than two years alone, the project has experienced over 600 change orders. Can you imagine? And 400 design clarifications, 63 approved design changes, and six and 34 new scope clarifications in June 2018 alone. He's, uh, the company is saying many of the changes require demolition of completed work to accommodate the new scope, affecting project cost and schedule. So an interesting story to keep our eye on moving ahead because that is a hospital that's desperately needed. Uh, long overdue in uh, Grand Prairie, now you know, well overpriced and way behind schedules. Uh, the company went on to say that they will vigorously defend their position and reputation. Uh, and uh, by the way, I should also mention, the company is also claiming, again, this is not a legal defense. This is simply a statement from the construction company itself. Uh, that they, their relationship with the province has been deteriorating over the uh, course of the project um, and has forced them to invoke the contract's dispute resolution process in order to have a meeting with the province. And the company is saying since March it's sought to meet with the minister and senior officials, but meeting dates have been cancelled. Follow-up requests for meetings have gone an- unanswered. The company says it remains open to meeting with government and resolving the issues, but it warns that Alberta infrastructure must take its own responsibilities and obligations seriously. So there you go. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.